Welcome to Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. Claudio and Steve will share their business and life experience to help you grow your business and improve your life. Here's Claudio and Steve. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. I am Claudio Relsano. And I am Steve Mancini. Today's topic is leadership. And not even so much leadership. Maybe what a leader does when an employee, a player, acts up. Okay, we see it on TV a lot. We see it in sports, obviously. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about, Steve. Uh, your thoughts on some of the things you've noticed recently, and we'll kind of run with it from there. No, that's a great, great topic, and I'll tell you why. There are too many people. There's two extremes, and there's too many people that fall into one of the extremes. One is the absolute you know, the dictator, that it's just crushing hopes and dreams and people just get turned off and they're gone. And then the other extreme is, I want to be your friend. We always go back to sports. I want to Which be lo- is what we're going to talk about a lot here today. And it's a good reason because a lot of coaches are in a tough position where this is the other extreme is they don't want to discipline the players because the players might not like them. And if they don't like them, they might not play well. And if they don't play well, the coach gets fired. And so they're put into a position of either I've got to be draconian. In hockey terms, that's like uh, Tortorella's like that. He has that reputation of just my way, highway. Or Did his, I don't know a whole lot about hockey. Did his players like him? So that's an interesting question because when you would – they get asked – anybody that's ever played for Tortorella always gets asked that question, did you like playing for him? Mm-hmm. And they'll always say things like, he got the best out of me. We played hard. We, but they'll never answer that – I've answered that question. Reason why? Because you, uh, let me ask you another question. Whenever you said dictator and hard and all that, seemingly okay. Right. Who else comes to mind? Oh, that's a good question. I think Belichick's one that comes to mind. Okay. I think uh, okay. sports Doesn't or matter. life in general. No, no, in sports. Okay, because everybody. I think it. I think Belichick is a do it my way, which is not, but that's not but, that's not the question. Oh, dictator. Do it my way is fine. I just got done before before we got on the air. Who was it? There was a coach. Uh, mm. Oh, um, Jesus slipped my mind. He said, if you do things the way I tell you to do, maybe it was Bill Check. Maybe it was. If you do things, it was him. If you do things the way I tell you, okay, and you have some ability, this is going to work. Like I tell my players, and I say it all the time, nobody can come close to me when it comes to teaching hitting and recognizing a hole in a hitter's swing, okay? If you listen to me, you're going to be a very successful hitter, period. You're going to be a better hitter than you were. Okay, I'll put it that way. But when you say that, the dictatorship part, the two things that you said. Number one, um, years ago, you would think about Vince Lombardi. Mm. But... Listen to his players to this day talk about Vince Lombardi with love, with reverence. Yeah, he got on Jerry Kramer, the great guard. Um, he said, Jerry Kramer, you're, you know, you have an attention span of a kindergartner and stuff like that. And Kramer put his head down. And in the locker room, he put his hand on his head. He said, Mr. Kramer, you have the ability to be the best guard in the NFL. And he said, oh, my God. You know? So there is a thing. And another thing that you said about the, the coach – wanting to be the friend. I And this is just me. I've been coaching for 40 years. Not all of them as a head coach, but more than half as a head coach. The book I wrote, it's about Dick Vermeil's theme, your players, your people won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. My dad and my mom, as a matter of fact, in my car right now, I have a copied CD of a tape 
a cassette tape that they made me in 1974. And my dad was telling me, you know, how much he loved me. I was 10 years old, and my, you know, they told me how much they loved me and so on and so forth. My parents and I were extremely close, adored my parents, would not have the life I have today if it wasn't for my parents. But, and they thought the world of me, but when if I got out of, you know, out of the lane a little bit, especially my mom, just a little bit, it, it, you know, it, it was it was problems. So we were best friends. My players and I, they know they can contact me at three in the morning, and I'll be there. They can talk to me about anything: girl problems, school problems, divorce problem, whatever. But, and one of the stories in my book, there was a kid who organized uh, a birthday cookie for me. Okay, against Robert Morris, as a matter of fact, and they sang happy birthday, so on and so forth. Meant the world to me. The next day, that same kid didn't run out of ball as much as I wanted him to. I had to jump on him. So it isn't like, well, he got me a bird, he organized. No. But I would under, you know, I would wonder though, does that, do those types of things influence people in general? You know, some, an employee does something nice for their supervisor. Now they screw up and the supervisor's like, well, you know, and I think that's why there are rules on the books which limit, you know, for example, if you're going to give a gift to your boss and the government, there's limits on what you can I do. I know that. Yeah, you can, unless you're an elected official, then, of course, it doesn't seem like there's any limits because somehow they're all millionaires on jobs that don't quite pay the amount of money that they seem to be worth, as I digress. <laughs> but the point is there are limits to what you can do. Like if you're a contractor for a Fed, you can only do so much for them because you don't want the, mm-hmm. you, first of all, you don't want the, the appearance of impropriety, like, oh, they're, they're basically bribing me. Again, that's reserved for politicians. But the point, though, is there is something to that because I can't lie and say that if somebody did something really nice for me, let's say they worked for me, and they, they, you know, I, I've always wanted to go to, I don't know, let's say I always wanted to go to Greece, and they say, hey, we all chipped in and we got you a free, you know, a cruise to Greece, and you're going to come back, and we, and I come back from Greece now. It's going to be hard. <laughs> well, that's a little different <laughs> be, than a cookie. Well, that's true, but it's going to be a little harder. But to, that's kind of an extreme It gift. is, but absolutely. But it is. But, but the problem is, is once that, I think once that barrier comes down, you will struggle a little bit I don't. to discipline people. I, I don't. I, I know what you're saying. And I, I, I think, do. But, that, but that's not necessarily yeah. meaning you're, you, that's right. not necessarily draconian, but I think it, it starts to go away from the discipline piece of it because now you're like ah it's tough to be friends with you it's tough when you're the boss to be friends with your employee because there is a time that you're going to have to discipline them oh yeah and, well, and that's a really personality driven to whether you can do that or not one time uh, years ago when the yankees were playing the cardinals in the series three or four of my players were going to go to this one place and they said coach place is packed i said oh, you're more welcome to come here because i was going to watch it it came over i had a college coach call me because he wanted to schedule, or he had a question. Hey, so sounds like you have company back there. I'm sorry to boss. No, it's just a couple of my players watching the game. Oh, that's a cardinal sin. I said, why? He said, now they're not going to listen to you. So those players that were on my, uh, watching, my game, watching the game, if I say something to them, they're not going to listen to me? No, they'll listen to me even more because they respect me and they appreciate me. That's the way I look at it. Now, uh, and they know that I do care. And two of those players... I look back on my career, the players that I've snapped on and, I mean, gotten pissed off at the most were my best players. Not like some of these coaches who will holler at the third-string punter, right. okay? And even this year, we, we had a Kinda game. Kind of like a certain NFL head yeah. coach. <laughs> the, 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 there was a game we had, and 
my fastest runner, we're playing Rob Morris, as a matter of fact, my fastest runner just touches the bag. The center fielder had the ball. Zero outs. He'd have threw my runner, my runner out. I held him up because I had my best hitters coming up. And, uh, and I'm a very aggressive coach, but I held him up. Somebody from my bench said, oh, coach, you should have sent him. Why didn't you send him? Right there. I called timeout. And I walked right in the middle of the field, which is taboo, I guess, which I really don't care. I walked right in the middle of the field, over the pit, kind of at the end of the pitcher's mound. I said, who said that? Player, coach, I did. I said, come here. He walked right in the middle of the field. Okay, that's just how I do it. Okay. And I said, why the, mm, did you say that? Coach, I'm so sorry. That wasn't me. I shouldn't have done that. And I said, well, here's why I didn't send him home because the center fielder had the ball. He just touched the bag. The center fielder has a good arm. He was playing shallow to begin with. I have my number, you know, uh, four, five, and six hit, six hitters coming up with no outs, including you. Why the hell would I send Coach, you're a thousand percent right. And, I, and it was no, over Shut with. up and get back to the bench. Nah, <laughs> and, and it was over. Love the kid. Right. And it's over with. And then two minutes later, literally two minutes later, I told this one kid, he's a great kid. I said, I want to talk to you. Okay, oh, he thought I was going to take him out of the game. Coach, don't do anything crazy. And I said, I lost it. I said, I'll cut <laughs> do you, you know if who I, I want to. I am crazy. I'm crazy well, cloudy. Well, no, but, you know, and, and, he's, and then, you know, he's a great kid. I'm like this. I say this all the time. In life, okay, if it's hot out, you wear shorts. If it's cold, you wear a jacket. If it's raining, you put up an umbrella. What kind of an idiot would you look like if it was 110 degrees and you're wearing you know, a, a coat and so on and so forth? So whatever the situation, and I tell my players, whatever the situation calls for, that's what you're going to get. But on the other, on the flip side, on the flip side, I'm not pushing my book, which is a very good book. I am very good with my players. Very good. One game, I messed up. Okay? I made a bad call. We lost the game. Okay? And... Uh, and I, I told my players, and I'll get to the story later, but I said, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. And they said, coach, no, the, the one pitcher said, if I'd have pitched better, we'd have won. My catcher said, if I'd have gotten that hit with the bases loaded, we'd have won. My, cat, my center fielder said, if I'd have made that catch, which there was no way he could make that catch, if I'd have made that catch, we'd have won the game. If, because they liked me. If they didn't like me, they may not have said it. But they just said, good for him. Let him, right. but boy, you know. But without going into too much detail, you're talking about, you know, there's some uh, some some players that, uh, you know, disrespect the team, the, the the coach, and all the coach doesn't do nothing about it. And I was talking to a colleague of mine. So, Claudio, you wouldn't have done it. The hell I wouldn't have. I'd have snapped. But they're professionals. I don't give a damn who they are. The, the, you know, and Aaron is the problem because these guys. It's, it's doesn't matter to me, right? No, I'm with you because you know what? That's the problem, though. You rely on the professionalism of the player just as much as you rely on the professionalism of the coach. Could I be friendly? I mean, I've just not like I, don't, I haven't screwed around my players and have some fun, and you know, there's a, there's a time for that, but there's a time for business. But at the end of the day, when it comes to whether it's a job or sports, if if I'm the boss. Or the coach. If I care more about you doing your job than you care about doing your job, you might not be the right person for that job. I shouldn't have to. In a lot of ways, you should almost never have to discipline an employee or a player. Realistically, if they're focused, correction, by the way, is not discipline. Correction is, hey, 
bad play. You should have did. That's what you get paid Different as a coach, story. right? That's what you're paid for. Which but, coaches don't do anymore. Well, that goes company, back to what I'm saying. James right. Gamble says player coaches don't coach; they monitor. Well, that's what right. the hell? Anybody can because do that. They're, because they're afraid of ticking off the players and the players don't play well, you don't well for there. them. That, I agree with you. But the problem is, is, what does that say about the owners, though? And you know what? Let's let's go there with the local sports team here. They fired their offensive coordinator a couple weeks because the offense wasn't performing. Well, everything's fixed now, right, Stellar fans? And I'm going to call it out. I'm not saying the guy should or should not have been fired. But the at the end of the day, though, is... All of these things, they do require teamwork. And when you, like I said, if you're disciplining someone, to me, that's a broken, that's a broken cog in the machine. I shouldn't have to really discipline. I mean, everybody makes a mistake. And there's a difference between a correction and a discipline. And when I think discipline, I think the employee who's coming in late all the time, the player who's showing up to practice late all the time, the player who's just kind of screwing around when you're trying to talk to said another coach. And gets right. all fired up and so on and so forth. Right. Yep, yep, yep. That's where I'm like, I shouldn't have to do that. But I also understand we're all human. We all make mistakes. But the question is, I would hope, if I'm at a point where I can have a more, um, you, you know, I, I don't want to say a personal relationship, but if you can have that kind of relationship with your players or your employees, you're hoping that they're professional enough to not take advantage of it. You said a word the right. You said the word right. I've said this numerous times. What's your real estate adage? Three most important things are good location, good location, good location. I used to say three most important things in sports, business, and life is good people, good people, good people. Not so. Three most important things is the right people. I'm a wonderful guy. I can't do what Joe does, Joe Hale. I I, I don't know what the hell he's doing over there. Giuseppe, Joe Bananas Hale. But I can't do it. I'm the wrong guy. I'm still a great guy, but I can't do it. Right. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm 59. You, you look at, let's just say the Steelers were, were, were here in Pittsburgh. Do you really think that Joe Green, Jack Lambert, Jack Cam, Andy Russell, Franco in a different way would have allowed some of the things that have gone on? No. Number two, you mentioned Matt Canada. Let, let's think about this for a second. I don't think, now his play calls, okay, weren't great, so on and so forth. Terrific. Now, if he would have done those play calls with Dan Marino, John Elway, Dan Fouts, Johnny Unitas, Joe Namath, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Fran Targington, Roger Staubach, then you suck. That's right. But Were those he the right plays it. for the right, right, for that he, personnel? He, it was like, go vertical. Well, Kenny Pickett doesn't have the arm to consistently go. They see him in practice. That's right. These people okay. aren't stupid. I don't think he wanted to lose his job. Right. Okay. And you don't think he knew – for the people listening, you don't think he knew he was under the gun? You don't think he well, knew not, he had to try something different? But but they didn't have right. the ability – That's like, right. They don't you, have the right people. When, when you connected, we said, let's do a show together. We talked about a show. You didn't ask me to fix your carburetor. You got the wrong guy. Okay. Yeah. You, you ask somebody – you put somebody in position to do – to succeed – Pickett, in my opinion, and I said this a long time ago, was he was a good number three pick in the draft, an okay number two, not a number one. And I've been proven right. right. Now, having said all that, at the end of the day, Mike Tomlin is the head coach. If he does not like the way the offense is, hey, go more vertical. Do something. Okay. But, you know, obviously it is what it is. And as soon as Canada left 
and you see they're scoring. They're, they're not doing now. They had four hundred some points last Your week, hearts, right. but they had sixteen points. It's like going on a treadmill. But it's so important to have the right people at all the spots, and it does start with the Italians say the fish thinks from the head. It starts at the top, and it trickles down. So we have one more. We have one more coach in the Steelers to get rid of to make that team well, have a chance. Yeah. But that ain't happening. But but, but like I said, I, I know I run like it's very hard for me to have an assistant coach. I've had because I. I, I joke, there were certain people who wanted to be my assistant coach. And I say, I would have more holes in me than Sonny Corleone had at the toll booth when they shot him up because you get backstabbed. I do things a different way. I do them my way. And they work. What's my way? I can, it's just not me to let... So you have no assistant coach? Nope. Wow. I didn't no, know that. No, no. I've had two assistant coaches that were good guys. Um, were they college level? No. But I trusted them. And I know some name coaches that have been backstabbed terribly by na bigger name coaches now. People think they're wonderful, okay? But that's another story. But I'm very particular because I coach my way, okay? And my players and their families. There's another section of my book where I, I this one young man, Samir uh, Kalori, great kid, his father came up to me and said, oh, Samir thinks the world of you. I said, well, I think the world of him. He's a great young man. I'm so proud of him. I hate to see him leave. Then I stopped and I said, sir, I said, as soon as you walked in here, that is a beautiful polo shirt that you had on. Can I have it? No. He gave it to me. I said, no, sir. I, I was Did just, he literally take it off? He took it off his back. <laughs> but my point, and I got on Samir when needed to be, you know, whatever. Yeah. But they know. That's like, a nice jacket you're wearing. Uh, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? I mean, they know that I care. They don't care. But they also know that I'm trying to correct. Now, I may say it in a different way. Lombardi right. had his way. Parcells had his way. Everybody had Chuck Knoll had his way. Okay. Everybody but the players hopefully get to know you and understand right. that hey, this isn't you know, exactly. it ain't personal. I'm trying to make you better. You just exactly. screwed up. Let me fix exactly. you. You know, that's why when people exactly. talk you know what? I will tell you what. When when people talk about getting rid of fighting in hockey, this is this is actually very similar. Well, you should get rid of fighting. You know why they have fighting in hockey? Because it's it keeps things in check. <laughs> it keeps balance. It right. really does. It keeps balance. But I'll tell you what, in very few instances, when they're done fighting, is it a legitimate, I hate you? No, they shake hands. That's it. The it's over. Right, we're yeah. done. We got, we're, we're done. Same with, with my players. That's right. You, got, you get it out, you know, and you get it over with, <laughs> and, you walk, and that's it. We're done. All right, move on. Nothing I, I, I got a kid. I love him. That he's a great young man, extremely intelligent. We, we got into it uh, last year, and he, he thought, I was, and, and I said, you know what? the hell out of here. I don't need you on the team. All right, I'm leaving. He took 20 steps, turned around. Coach, I love you. I said, <laughs> I, said I love you. You're the best. I said, but every day you're busting my chops, you know. And, and that's just the way we are. Right. He's a great kid. But uh, now, here's the whole thing, though. As a scout, one time there was a player, college player. Uh, the, the team comes first in the bus. He comes in a motorcycle. Hmm, okay, with his girlfriend in the back. Okay. Treats his girlfriend very poorly. Treats his teammates poorly. Cusses his coach out. Okay. Tries to knock my catcher's head off. This hitter got hit the next time he was up. But, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But he didn't know that I was a scout. Now, he was a little short, but he could play. He was a stud. And I could have gotten him signed somewhere. Don't know where anything like that, but he definitely could play pro ball. My point is I would never send a bad kid or a bad person to another coach. Okay, that's just me. Again, he wasn't the right people. 
he wasn't the right people. I don't know if that story mixes in here. I just wanted to tell it. But one story that does come to mind, I just seen this a couple weeks ago, and I remembered it. Danny Ainge, a well-known basketball player, was the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. And Robert Ory threw a towel in his face. And Ainge didn't do anything about it. Now, Ori got traded the next day. So he did do something about it. Well, yeah, <laughs> but maybe I would have reacted poorly, but I don't want to after. I'd have choked him. I don't give a damn if he's 6'7 or not. I would have choked Somebody's him. Somebody's getting hit. Maybe thrown, he'd have hit as, me. As a coach, I've been thrown out of several games yeah. for my, let's just say, temperament. And I'm no tough guy, but maybe he'd have come after me. Fine. But there's no way in hell the Italians have another saying. You, soft dirt, hard dirt. If you get a shovel right now, Steve, and we dig right here on this studio floor, we're going to try one time. If you're an idiot, twice. If it's soft, you keep digging. And I tell my players all the time, I said, I'm, I'll cry at the drop of a hat. I'll do anything in the world for you. I'm the nicest guy in the world. That doesn't mean I'm stupid. At the same time, you know, I also, I'm, I'm not going to, and, and that's the way it is. But you have to, you did say they have to know you, but I, it bothers me whenever I see, and then there's always excuses. Well, he's 23. He's a rookie. This is the first time he encountered money, or he's excited, or he's emotional, or he really the, wants to the, win. The but enable, don't, don't, don't enable. Right. right. Don't take it out on me. That's don't right. act like an ass with me, because I'm not going to take. Right. And we see a lot of. Now I look back. Remember Mike Singletary, the linebacker oh, yeah. for the Chicago Bears. He was a head coach for the San Francisco 49ers, and treated extremely unfair. They should have never fired that guy, in my opinion. There was a tight end. I forgot his name who did something, and Singletary kicked him out. Not out of the game, out of the, off the sidelines. Well, the guy went to the sidelines, sat on the bench by himself. Singletary, during the game, went out there and pointed. And, and you could see Singletary was a big boy. He said, get the hell out of here. And that guy left. And that tight end is extremely successful today. But he said, I wouldn't be as successful as I am if Mike Singletary didn't do that to me. And Singletary loved the guy. To me, or, or Parcells, or I've heard Bilicek, what he does is if you're, and he didn't do it to Tom Brady, but or for a running back or something like that, the running backs are in the locker room. All of a sudden, they see a, a name running back walking through the hallway. Am I going to be replaced here? <laughs> and the guy's doing, he didn't even try. He's just walking through. You know, Head games. Fear, well, fear is a hell of a motivator That's sometimes. Right. you know. But you That's hope, right. here, here's the thing is, uh, I don't want to have to get pissed at anybody. I don't want That's right. to have to snap at anybody. I'll, I'll do what I, I got to do. I want to, what's that? I'll do what I got to do. Yeah, I want. I always say, uh, a quote that's in my book, pull the same rope at the same time, the same direction, for the same purpose, we'll get a great result. Chuck Tanner was Mr. Optimism, Mr. Smiles, everybody. Hey, I know for a fact, people did not screw with Chuck Tanner. And they loved Chuck Tanner. He was. He should be in the Hall of Fame, and he's not, he should be. Unbelievable X and O guy. Forget about that. But they loved him. Joe Torrey. Joe Torrey's a different demeanor. Does not like loud noises. Does not like confrontation. Daryl Strawberry, when they when uh, they won the World Series and he got on the mic, he got choked up. He said, that man stuck with me through thick and thin. So, so you know, you can be tough, but you can also be right. loving and caring. So I don't think that you, like you say, like my players, I'm going broke going to weddings. Okay, and Christmas cards. I get all these cards, you know, and, and I've been a pallbearer, unfortunately, for parents of 
my players, weddings and babies. And, and that means the world to me. And, when, and in the back of my book, I asked 30 players. And I'm not stupid. I didn't ask the ones who didn't like me. But I asked <laughs> the ones who liked me. Write whatever you want. And some of the guys I haven't seen in years. And they wrote nice stuff. I just we had Swickley Light Up Night. There was a young man uh, who I haven't seen in a long time. So, oh, Coach, I enjoy playing for you as a girl. Another kid th- uh, a month ago, I, I was going to my car after a game. I haven't coached this kid since 2011. And he said, Coach, and I looked, oh, what's up, Francisco? And his wife said, he talks about, and I haven't talked to this kid since 2011. He talks about you all the time. It meant the world to me. Not about how to hit a curveball. And I was, they, they see me get upset, mad. You know, if so, I don't, if they make an error, no, I don't, you know, we, we fix things and I'm passionate, I'm demonstrative on the sidelines, what have you. But you don't have to be an idiot. But, mm-hmm. but I see a lot of players, I don't care how much you make. I don't care, diva and all that You're kind of garbage. Still a player. You're still a player. There, there's there's got to be a coach. There's got to be a player. It, well, you know, again, they they've been enabled their whole careers. Yeah, that doesn't happen overnight. The fact that they you say, well, they got million dollar contracts. Are you going to tell me that if that person was disciplined and the discipline remained, that that, that wouldn't make them difference? But the problem is they were never disciplined to begin with. Nope. And when they, and they start them young. I mean, they start even younger in high school, you know, where they're, you're the greatest, you're the best, blah, blah, blah. Then they're, then they're good. And then they go off to college, you know, and they're just – now they can make money in college. I don't know what the ramifications of that are going to be because now you're going to have millionaires coming out of college. <laughs> and, and now I wonder what the drive to make it to the pros is really going to be, you know, because I'm wondering what, what – if I've got millions of dollars coming out of college, you know, the one thing that was the driving was I want to make a million dollars. Right. Now I don't even have that anymore. <laughs> right. So I'll just keep living whatever I'm doing. I'm going to go to the club. I'm going to hang with my boys. We're going to. I got millions of dollars. And the other problem these young, a lot of these young players is, it's going to be like this forever. They don't understand. Gone today, you know. Here today, gone tomorrow. So good luck to them. By the way, something you said before. I coached hockey years ago for a junior club. I didn't make it through the season. I got my ass got fired. And I'll tell you what's the best thing that happened to me. Not because it was a learning experience, because. We all have a boss, and sometimes I'm a big proponent of if I don't like where I'm at and I can't change it, I'd rather just not be there. Yeah. So <clears throat> he was the kind of person that would give me all of his head cases. And uh, I give you one example. We were in a game, and a kid got sent down to my team, and it was on a face-off, and something happened, and he spit in the kid's face, the, the opposing player's face, at the, at the face-off. But here was the real kicker. He had chew in his mouth, uh. so you weren't supposed to have tobacco. So he spit, chew spit in the kid's face. Of course, he gets thrown out. I'm like, what the heck's going on? I didn't even, couldn't even, can't really tell what's going on from the bench. Then you find out. It's like, why would you send this kid to me and not give me a heads up? Right. And that, but you know who that spoke volumes of? Coach. Not exactly. Not yeah. the player. It was the GM coach of the other team because, you know, he didn't want to deal with it. Again, he didn't want to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So he put all his boys on the team. And if someone was good, but they didn't, conform to his, you know, one of my boys, you know, or they were a head case, which happens, give them to someone else. Like, don't fix it. Bench the kid. Don't put him down. Just sit him every game. That's probably the worst thing you can do because when you send him down and I don't know, he's going to play until he does yeah. something wrong. I, I, to, to make it simpler, I, I, whether it's in business or whether it's in, in life or, or sports, whatever, I get asked all the time, what kind of player do you want to play for you? Or what kind of player will you sign? Professionally, very simple. Somebody who can play, who's, a, who's somebody a good, a good person who can play. That's it. They're not I, easy to find, though. That's the, there is the they're, challenge. They're out there, but you yeah. have to also talk to them. Like like I've had some so-called um, 
head cases, okay? This one in particular, you know, everybody said, don't, don't bring him on board, don't bring him on board, don't bring him on board. I went up to him, and he's a good kid. And, he, and, he, and I said, look, don't do anything stupid. I said a little bit more than that. And that was it. Right. I've had a few of those where and I fixed kid, them by just addressing it right off the right bat. Right off the bat. And this kid, he played his heart out for me. And he's, he's very successful today. He, he matured. He's a great kid. But the problem with a lot of the pros, they, 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 they enable, as you said, or, um, you know, Antonio Brown. Some people say he perhaps had the most talent of any wide receiver ever. And look what happened. He needed somebody to, like a Bill Parcells, right. a Mike Singletary, right. somebody to, to say, look, right. I care for you, hand, right? but you can't be doing this because this is what's and going to happen. He never had it. Instead, they just flicked the booger. Yeah, well, yeah, That's... whatever, yeah. And, and, and you have to, uh, in my opinion, let's get our cards out on the table. This is who I am. This is, and I tell right. you, this is what I tolerate. This is what I won't. I don't tolerate anything. But that's what you have to do. Well, as I was saying, and, and by the way, a lot of times, especially when they're younger, these head cases, there, there's a lot more. There might be a um, there might be other issues why they're that way. Could sure. be home life, bad, sure. something. And sometimes, if you just, like you said, call it out. Because I've, I've had some of those players, too, and I, I coach a lot of travel hockey. And I had a lot of people say, you know, the, the top team don't want him. He's, he's, he's a head key. He's this and that. And I'd be like, well, I kind of know the kid, and I don't think he's that bad. You know, so I would, I would take shots of a lot yeah. of these kids. But I knew what I was getting. And it was almost like day one, like, hey, dude, come here a minute. Let's talk because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick you. But here's the deal. You know, and and once you laid the law down, and but to your, right, and and but you give them boundaries right away, but you care, and you can't fake the care. Mm-mm. Hey, listen, I'm going to take a chance on you. I know you got the talent, but I also know you've had some issues. So here's the deal, and you just lay it out for them right there, and then you take them. If you get the sense that they want you to take a chance, and you take them, they will appreciate that. Now, does that mean they're not going to slip up once in a while? No, but you got to let them know right there. Hey, you're off the path. Get back on right away, or else. And, and, and it works. And on the other hand, too, on the leadership side, I knew a guy that was an assistant GM at this one place. And all the employees used to go to him and confide in him and all that. And he was great with them. Then he became manager. And he turned on them like, I'm no longer G- assistant. I'm the general manager. And, and he, the whole thing just fell apart. There was time when I was, I was 17. That's, the, that's called the power trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was 17 years old. I was captain of the baseball team. Terrific. Next year, I was an assistant at age 18, okay? And my head coach, Rich Wozniki, was a little bit worried. I said, don't worry, everything will be fine. And it was. You know, I, they knew, to their credit, the player's credit, you know, Claudio is a coach now, but we were still had a good relationship. And I've been so lucky over the years. Once in a while, sure, you'll have somebody, you know, like a couple years ago one time, after a loss, we were winning the game and, and we ended up losing. And one of my players blurted out at the end of the game, well, my high school coach would have made us run. And I said, number one, your high school coach can't put a patch on my you – know, I've done more in a month than he did. One year what, Claudio? I've done more in a month than he – I did more in a week than he did in his entire career. Number three, by making you guys run, would that have prevented that 420-foot home run shot you gave up? No. Would it have prevented you striking out with runners in scoring position? No. Would it have prevented that bunt that you followed up and made an error on? No. Then what the hell is running going to do? Make us tired, coach. Yeah, that doesn't do anything. <laughs> now, if I got to get pissed off about something, yeah. I will right then and there. I don't make now, a big scene. I've sandbagged 
practices before where I'm so pissed off at something, like a discipline effort, where they're just, we ain't going to bring the pucks on the ice. We're just going to do some, we're going to skate, boys. Get on the goal line, and we're going to just go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down until you understand that whenever I tell you to do something, mm-hmm. you freaking do it. See, for me, it had to be. Because that, if, if, that wasn't, that was, again, that wasn't, that was more a disciplinary right. uh, punishment than anything. I've never had to discipline a team, but I, you know, players. This one kid who I'm still close with to this day, when he was a freshman, he was going to miss the game. I said, "Why? We're in a playoff race." Well, my girlfriend's said, "Come, bring her to the game, then take her out." Yeah, if she doesn't want to. I said, "Look, if you don't come, I, I got to bench you the next couple of games." He didn't come. I benched the next couple of games. He knew. He we're, we're friends. Was that your policy? That's interesting. I had no policy. Just don't oh. screw up. That's the oh. policy. So not showing up don't, was. Don't. Don't. I, I tell him. Don't I say don't disrespect the team, don't disrespect me and care. There's my policy. Got it. That's it. And and um, I don't want to get mad at anybody. I want to, I want us to be I, my goal for my team and my players. When you leave here, I want two things. I want you to be upset that you're leaving the team and upset that you're leaving me. I had a kid before a playoff game years ago come up to me, and he said, "Coach, can I talk to you?" I said, "Sure." He said, after the game, I said, what's the matter? And he looked really just down in the dumps. And I'm thinking, he said, Coach, I can't talk to you right now about it. After the game, I just can't do it. I said, you can't leave me hanging like this. He says, after the game. Uh, my mind's just wandering. You know, what, what's going on with this young man? He's a great kid. So after the game, we went. He, go, he knocks on my door, hotel room. He says, I said, what's the matter? He said, Coach, I don't want to leave the team, and I don't want to leave you, and I'm a senior. Oh. Boy, that made me just—he's a great kid, and and but that's happened a couple of times, okay. And because now, I've had some people that and I have relatives that I've been very good to, and the, the nicer I was to them, the worse they got. I was the nice softer, to the wrong person. The softer, well, they perceived well, it. Yeah, you know the problem with people is they, 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 there's I've still come to the conclusion there are givers and takers in this world. Yeah, there's good people and, when, and bad. Right, and when they and when takers see that you're a giver, they're going to take and take and take. But you know what? Take. They're the bad. They're, you were nice to the wrong person. Well, that's right. They weren't the right people. That's why well, I say right. right. That's people. why I'm trying to not be nice to anybody. There you go. <laughs> well, but you Except know, for you, crazy Joe Bananas here, you got to be he'll, nice he'll to whack him. me. But I see stuff on he TV, knows people. and it's amazing to me that you take that. I don't care who you are or how good the player is. Matter of fact, if you snap on the best player, the middle of the road guy's going to say, well, hell, if he That's snapped right. on him, he's, what is he going to do to right. you know. On the other hand, Jimmy Johnson, the Dallas Cowboys coach, had a great line one time. There was a player that fell asleep, and um, he, he nodded off. And Jimmy Johnson said, when he wakes up, tell him he's cut. So one of the players <laughs> said, hey, coach, how about if it's Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, or Michael Irvin? They fell asleep. What are we going to do then? What are you going to do then? He says, you get a pillow, you put it underneath their head, and you cover them up. And you know why? He said, because he, may, he they won me one of these. He pointed to his championship ring. They deserved a little more consideration. Well, let's yeah. be let's be honest. You know what? He's being you, honest. Hey, there are some things that you earn in this world, He's too. Being I believe that. But, but I believe but it. You can earn those guys things. never fell asleep. Sparky well, that's Anderson. That's probably why they're champions. Right, exactly. Sparky Anderson told... Listen to this. This is a great story. He told Johnny Bench, Tony Perez, Joe Morgan, and Pete Rose. He said, uh, no, in front of everybody, I'm sorry, the whole team. Here are the rules. Ten, I'm paraphrasing here, 10 p.m. Uh, curfew. You don't do this. You don't do that. You wear a suit and tie. Bah, bah, bah. Johnny, Pete, Joe, Tony, you guys do what you want. <laughs> now, wait a minute. 
But he put pressure on those guys because now they had to be in before everybody else. Now they had to wear two ties. Now they had to really toe the line because they had so much. And Sparky was smart because he knew that those guys would, you know, step it up. Step it up. And, you know, I, I was not to be funny, but I was invited to, I told you before, the 79 Pirate reunion. As soon as you walk in that room, you knew why they were champions. You just knew, you know, why they were who they were. And they're in their 70s and late 60s and 80s, but you knew. There are some people that just have an aura about them. An aura, but, uh, you know, Clemente in the 71, the leader of that team, Stargell, led in his way. But you can be the greatest speaker in the world. And you know If you what? don't have the people to listen to you, you're in trouble. I agree with that last part, but I also something you just said, though. And I'm going to use the Stullers because we're here in Pittsburgh. Remember all that guys like Palomalu? It wasn't that many years ago. Those guys... Wasn't talkative, but... Right. But, I mean, they're just the way they conduct themselves and carry themselves. You don't lead necessarily by the words you say. You lead by your actions. And, you know, thinking about why some teams are successful, it, coaches are important, but I believe that if you don't have a leadership that the other players can look at, you're, you're not going to be successful. Al Oliver said when he saw a... I don't know, 37-year-old Roberto Clemente, whatever it was, busted every single time. Hell, I got to do the right. same thing. You know, lead everybody by example. You lead by example. And um, it's important to have leadership coaches and assistants, but it's also very important, as I said earlier, if a receiver, if the Steelers were losing by 20 or 15 and a receiver catches a touchdown pass and starts dancing around – I don't think Joe Green would have liked it too no. much, okay? He'd probably tossed him or a Jack the Lambert yeah. or an Andy. Andy Russell may have, you know, talked to him. Joe Green might have. Franco would have sat him down. Hey, we don't do that here. You know, that's not the way we do it. But now there's there's been so-called renegade teams, you know, outland. Now again on the leadership side, and I'm trying to do this in life, and it's one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard. I collect quotes, I guess. Chuck Daly from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, the Hall of Fame basketball coach of the Detroit Pistons and the Dream Team, they said, you coached a crazy bad boys Detroit Pistons team. Isaiah Thomas, Dennis Rodman, John Sally, Bill Lambeer, uh, Rick Mahorn. How the hell did you do it? Greatest line ever. Bad eyesight, poor memory, and lousy hearing. I'll never forget that as long as I live. So I try not to hear everything, not yeah. to see everything. You know, and the guy I'm named after was a doctor in Italy, and he told my dad, you can't pick up every pebble in your path. Because, in other words, choose your battles. Right. But it took me a long time that, to hard. figure that but out. But here's the problem with that. There's a yin and a yang yeah, and everything. Yeah. That's true. If you let, like, for example, if I let the one player, if I didn't correct him right away whenever, I, uh, whenever he saw, why didn't you send him? Okay, I won't hear that. Then the next time it happens, that's two times you didn't send them. Well, hell, then the the, the floodgates open. Right. So you have to put a stop to it right then and there. Well, it, but I also have quality player people who, he, as soon as I called him out, he said, Coach, he put his hands over his head. Coach, I'm so sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that. And I, I said, that's okay. I didn't make a big deal about it. Now you say you met him in the middle of the field. Well, that's how I do things. But I, I just nipped it in the bud right then and there. He said, well, handle it after the game. Well, no, I wanted to handle it right there. You know, I used to make the mistake of, uh, you know, you praise in public, punish in private. And a lot of players used to think that I wasn't disciplining certain people, but I was trying to be respectful and think, hey, I don't want to embarrass the player. So, and believe me, when I discipline, I discipline, but it's, you don't need to know how I dealt with, you know, this person that has bitten me so many times. 
because people didn't think I was disciplined in players. Finally, I said, you know what? I'm just going to go in the locker room and do that. Yeah. When somebody screws up, you're, everybody's going to hear it. Where there's no illusions. But the coach say anything, you can't not have heard me. The other locker room heard me. Yeah. You know, so. But I also try to do the. I heard it from Alex Rodriguez, but he heard it from Wayne Warren Buffett. There has to be somebody in your life that you don't want to disappoint. I treat my players well. Uh, you know, very good. And I, I hopefully I don't go into it with that intention, but they do. They don't want to disappoint me. Which means, and I don't want to disappoint them either. Right. And I've messed up as a coach, and I, I've I've made we're bad human. calls. We're all human. You're yeah. not you're not going to be a perfect coach. No, and they're not going to be a perfect player. Yeah. But there's but when is that cross a threshold of I need to say something yeah. or do something? Or, and also, for example, again in my book, uh, there was a kid who and this happened twice. It happened in '93, and it happened in 2018. I think it was obviously two different teams, two different kids. They were going to a concert. And both of them, it's like the same damn thing. Coach, what time is practice over? I said, eight. Why? Oh, we have tickets to the concert that we bought, you know, in the spring. Um, can we leave 40 minutes early? I said, well, what time does the concert start? Eight. I said, no. Don't come to practice today. Okay, they were good kids. Because here's what's going to happen, I said. You leave here at, you know, 7.10. You go get cleaned up. Then you have to go rush and get your friends or go get your girlfriend. Rush to the arena. And it's going to be crowded. You're not going to enjoy yourself. Don't come. And, and, and I said, now, having said that, that's, that doesn't mean the practice doesn't mean a thing. It means that I want you to go have a good right. time. And you've deserved that from me. And those kids appreciated that to this day. Okay. But that's how I am. Now, other coaches, you know, for example, if there's a, a, a marriage problem or, or what, a, a girlfriend problem, they would never do that. I had that. I had a kid years ago. This kid was always on. I mean, he just busted it. He was about 5'4", but he was tough as nails. And this one day, man, he was lethargic. I said, what's going on? I mean, my girlfriend had an argument. I said, get out of here. Go. Go fix it. I will after practice. And, and I think the title of my book, he was here, but he wasn't. He was there, but he wasn't right. there. And he appreciated that because I've been there. Little things. Well, little I've been things there. Yeah, I know. Now, my coach, Rich Wozniki at Quaker Valley, I used to go to see him at lunch, lunchtime. Uh, in between, when I was a senior, I was the yeah, okay, team captain the whole nine yards. He, was a, he hired me to be his assistant. I took over for him one year as a head coach. But I never – crossed him. I never said, I never took advantage of, oh, we're friends. I can do what I want. No, because I didn't want him to be mad at me. I didn't want to disappoint him. Just like with my parents. My Again, my parents were crazy about me and I was crazy about them. I try to honor them after shows. I named my daughter after him. I have tournaments named after him. I always mention my parents. But I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. July of 76. So I remember I stayed in uh, my dad's first wife and him had two kids. She passed at age 32. I was the only one to my mom. But anyway, I stayed over at my sister's house. And when I was gone, my mom, like I was gone for a, a month. I was only gone for a, a, a night. And I'd, she'd come, I'd come home. She'd give me a hug and a kiss. Oh, I missed you. Okay. Well, this one time in July of 76, I come home. And she said, and I know today you might say what you want to say, but I didn't turn out too bad. And my mom, you couldn't be a better mom than my mom. And she said, I'm going to twist your head off in Italian. I said, what? What? I'm going to twist your head off. She came after me. I flew up the steps. I said, what did I do? So I'm going to twist your head off. I, I know, but what I did. So we got between me and the console TV, a real tall console TV. 
I said, I've heard you, she said in Italian. I'm going to twist your head off. I got it. Can you tell me why you're going to twist my head off? Because my nephew got caught smoking. I said, well, I didn't do anything. She said, oh, I know you didn't. But I'm going to show you what's going to happen to you if you do smoke. My mom, everything was a gateway. Cigarettes, this, that, bump, 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 And then I said, Ma, I won't. And then she, her eyes got dark. They dropped. Two times her eyes did that. And the last time, unfortunately, is when she passed. She said, if you smoke, she said, I'll die, she told me. I said, Ma, I promise you, I won't That's smoke. a good Italian woman. Oh, yeah. You're killing your mama. Yeah. Why are you killing me, but, but, And she said it to me in Italian. <laughs> but I said, Ma, I promise you, I won't. Now, that was in 76. Fast forward to 2005, and I'm in a golf tournament. This doctor runs over to me with this plastic tube. He says, Coach, Coach, I have something for you. It's a cigar. So, oh, no, Doc, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't smoke. This is a Rocky Patel. Apparently, that's a, a well-known cigar. He said, it's a Rocky Patel. I said, no, I promised my mom in 76 I wouldn't smoke. I never have smoked at all. My mom is passing 88. I won't smoke a, a damn thing. But, again, you might You're say, You're not oh, missing anything. I'm sure. But you might say, oh, you know, uh, his mom went. No, my mom was crazy about me. She loved me, and I loved her, and I didn't want to disappoint her. And she was mad. She loved me enough to be mad at me that she she wanted to make sure that I would. For the record, I've decided when I turn 80, God willing, I'm going to start smoking cigars because then I won't care. <laughs> wow. I'm 98 I years old. I got that. lung cancer. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we uh, again, leadership. People say leadership or they read out of it. No, you, you, be human. Common right. sense. Use common sense. That's right. And, uh, like I said, it's raining out, umbrella, hot, shorts, cold, jacket, whatever the situation calls for, be. And the best thing is communicating. Communicate with your people. Confidence, communication, and, and uh, you'll, you'll be, uh, be sincere. Yeah. And care. And, and be Communi sincere. Communicate, yeah, care, and confidence. There's and you the can't three fake C's. the care. No, no, from the heart up, right. which is my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up. How to Claudia, create where a positive can they get a copy of that book? <laughs> I, can, I do have to get you guys one. How to Create a Positive Winning Culture in the Field in any Office. I'll get you one. I, I keep forgetting. You right. get it on my website. Well, before we sign off, then, for real, how can people get a copy of the book? ClaudioRelsano.com. That's the easiest way. You can go to my publisher, JohnMelvinPublishing.com, but I get more money when you come directly to me. More money, and more money, more gooder. That's for sure. All, all right, right, I guess that's it. As always, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Tell everybody about our show. It's a great show. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Joe. And as always, thank you, Mom and Pop. Thank you for listening to Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. Tune in next week for more impactful business and life experiences with Claudio and Steve.